A highly critical and visible modernization program crossing three departments, well, it's got a long way to go. We're talking about the new electronic health record that planners say will bring integration between the Defense Department and Veterans Affairs health care systems. Progress has been slowed down by the pandemic, as well as by bugs in the systems themselves. For this and some other developments in DOD, we turn to reporters Jared Serbu and Scott Mossioni. And Jared, let's start right in on that EHR project. There's a bunch of little things. It's not completely tanked yet, but what is the status? Not tanked, and yeah, I, I don't want to sugarcoat it too much, but I do feel like we're getting to a place where there's starting to be sustained progress, or at least some signs that there's sustained progress on both the DOD and VA systems. I think most markedly in the case of VA, which just had their first deployment in Spokane, Washington at the VA Medical Center there in October, at, 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 uh, at the point of July, when GAO was first examining exactly how many issues there really still were with the EHR, according to a report that came out last week, there were 530 what they call high-severity findings and 29 critical findings. That's, that's, again, as of July. VA decided they wanted to go ahead with that first deployment because they'd already put it off twice. And by the time they got to October... They were down to zero critical issues and just 55 of those high-severity ones. And they had found mitigation measures for 47 out of those 55. So they pretty much took care of everything they needed to take care of by the time they went live in Spokane, which is a pretty impressive feat. Now, again, don't want to sugarcoat this too much. Their next big deployment is going to be in Seattle, a much bigger VA medical center. Um, a lot of new issues are going to come up. I am sure, and GAO is sure, but but still, very clear sign of very clear sign of progress. And um, I, I should also say, GAO wants all of these issues resolved before they do another deployment, which is currently scheduled for the fourth quarter of this year. But GAO is uh, known for being a bit conservative. Sure. So they have two major issues then. One is getting the deployment correct in terms of bugs, operability, and employee training. And the second big piece is making sure that it is fully interoperable with what DOD is doing. And unless they both happen, then they really haven't gotten there yet, have they? Yeah, that, that, that's exactly right. And and obviously, the fact that they're both deploying the, the same underlying commercial product from Cerner helps with that interoperability piece a good deal. It also helps that DOD has gone through a lot of the pain of the initial integration work because they are further along in the process. Despite being further along, DOD still has problems too. But but again, they are making progress according to some of their most their fiercest critics, which would be in this case the director of operational test and evaluation, starting to finally say some nice things about DOD's deployment. They're they're really pleased with what they're seeing on the cybersecurity front. Uh, the DOT and he had previously reported that this system was not survivable in a realistic cyber contested environment. They now have a permanent standing set of teams that are going to subject MHS Genesis, which is DOD's name for the EHR, to consistent, basically simulated cyber attack to see how it really does perform in the real world. So that's on the defensive side. Also, some marginal usability improvements. That's basically about 80% effective as far as day-to-day use, which doesn't sound great. But again, very early here. It's going to be another four to five years before this entire thing is deployed worldwide. 
and we don't know too much yet about what's going on in the Coast Guard deployment yet, do we? we, we not, not much has been publicly reported by oversight organizations or the Coast Guard itself. They did do their first deployment last fall around the same time VA did to a handful of clinics. And yeah, we, we've not seen much reporting on exactly how that has gone so far. And we turn to Scott Mossione, some benefit for Marines, female Marines that give birth and a few other issues with respect to sexual assault prevention, crowdsourcing in DOD. Let's talk about the Marines' mothers first. Yeah, Marine Corps mothers have a little bit more time before they can go and do their fitness testing, and this is an improvement that they're getting that some of the other military services have already done. So instead of nine months, uh, women now have 12 months after giving birth to jump into their physical fitness test. Now, this seems like a small kind of policy change, but it actually really drives to the heart of something that the military is dealing with right now, which is expanding the the access for women, the, the sort of things that the military overlooks that women really need in women women's health issues and creating this sort of one-size-fits-all military health system that tends to skew a little bit more male than anything else. Now, like I said, women have 12 months from the time they give birth until they need to do their first fitness test. And what that does is it, it lowers the risk of injury, prevents issues like losing weight too quickly that can cause limited breast milk production for women. It's a big issue for women, especially when they're trying to uh, you know, take care of their child to, to form that bond in the first year. Now, this change comes at the same time as lawmakers, service members, Defense Department advisors, and everyone else you can think of are really pushing for the military to be more inclusive toward women's issues because a lot of women, especially mid-career women, are leaving the military at a time when the military really needs to retain them because they're bringing in really great ideas, um, being these mid-career people that make important decisions. So we have the Defense Health Board, which is saying that over the past 70 years, the Defense Department's been warned that things like equipment are not made uh, properly for women and therefore are uh, you know, injuring them. Uh, these certain policies are not helping out uh, women who are trying to uh, serve in the military and also have a regular life. And then we also have uh, lawmakers like uh, Representative Spear, who's the head of the military personnel subcommittee, uh, who's saying that she really wants to start looking more into these pregnancy issues and see how the military can be more friendly toward women and retain them when they, as best they can. Got it. And let's move over to the Army, which is crowdsourcing solutions to prevent sexual assault. This is happening in the some of the Airborne Corps. What's going on there? Yeah, the uh, Army has had a lot of issues in the past year about sexual assault and sexual harassment. You just have to look at Fort Hood, where they recently had a review committee go through and look at a lot of the issues they had. They had about 70 recommendations for trying to improve uh, the issues of sexual assault prevention and response. Uh, what the Army's 18th Airborne Corps is doing, which encompasses, by the way, 92,000 soldiers, it's nothing to snuff at on size, uh, they have a Dragon Layer program. I think Shark Tank, basically, but uh, for the military, their mascot is a dragon, which is why it's a Dragon Layer. And they're, they're having a panel of experts go through and look at all these different ways that soldiers are trying to improve the Sharp program, Sharp being sexual harassment uh, and prevention response. And uh, it, what they really want to do is just kind of help out and find better ways than just thinking from the top down, from the leadership down, uh, especially when right now the leadership is a lot of old white guys, to be honest. 
So, um, you know, soldiers at this point have until the 16th, that's yesterday, to submit their ideas, but they're going to be choosing, they're going to be choosing uh, their winners on the 22nd and then possibly doing more. Now, this also comes as the RAND Corporation recently put out a study uh, last week that said the, the effects of sexual assault and sexual harassment on the military retention rates are pretty devastating. In the 28 months after being assaulted, in this, the time they studied, this two-year time they studied, about 2,000 people really pushed to be separated from the military and did separate, and 8,000 people who were harassed, or 8% of all separations, happened over that two-year period as well. So the idea is to prevent it as opposed to remedying it, both because that's a better way to go to prevent it, and also because it does help retention. I think they're, they're looking really for anything, and they want to cover all their bases. They're working this from the top down, the bottom up, and from the middle, too. Uh, this is something that lawmakers are really pushing for at this point. The Defense Department, we know, is doing a review. It's one of uh, Lloyd Austin's first uh, uh, things that he did while getting into office. So something that they're really putting the pedal to the metal for. Federal News Network Scott Massioni and Jared Serbu. Check out their DOD Reporter's Notebook now online at federalnewsnetwork.com. As prices keep creeping up, your entertainment budget doesn't have to take a hit. Live One Plus has all the music you love, ad-free for only $3.99 per month. Dive into Live One's massive library of songs, listen to curated playlists, or create your own. Check out exclusive artist-hosted stations and do it all for the best price in streaming. Lock in a Live One Plus membership for just $3.99 per month now, and you'll not only beat inflation, you'll get all your favorite music ad-free. Check out liveone.com slash best music for details. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.